It's all about tennis now, traditional wave starting the year. It's Mr. Graham Agars live out of the Aussie Open. Graham, welcome to 2019. How are you, old friend? I'm very well, Darcy, and I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm stunned that I'm actually here. My password and my uh, swipe card hasn't been changed. So, yeah, I am actually now that I've realised I'm still welcome. I, it's, uh, I know that Goran talking to you off air. I was saying, like, oh, this is year 18 for me. What number Aussie Open is it for you, mate? Uh, 41. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which is pretty good for a 29-year-old, really, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. In the womb. Uh, you wouldn't have thought about it, would you, all those years ago when you first rocked up to the Aussie Open that four decades later you'd still be there, mate? You've done something right. Yeah, no, I honestly can't believe it. And to be honest with you, what, what I first attended as the Australian Open at the old Kuyong, uh facility is nothing like the um, the amazing event we presented with here. Kuyong, they couldn't uh, even accommodate 128 draws, so it was 64 men and women. Uh, they played very close to Christmas time most of the time, and a lot of the players didn't want to come down to Australia at that time of the year. And the courts, of course, were grass, not the hard courts that they're playing on now. So incredible changes, but um, all for the good. And uh, this tournament now attracts 700,000 people over the two weeks that it's played. Yeah, I heard you talking about that this morning to Jason Pine. That's a stunning figure. And another stunning figure that you uh, pulled out of the grey matter there, Graham, was that the US tennis have gone, hold on, why are you doing this so well? We need to get it better. And they're going to drop half a billion dollars into Flushing Meadows. What the hell are they doing? What, what do they do with that money? Well, well, for a kick-off, they're starting to put roofs on their courts. They've now got two. Australia still leads the way with three. Um, but Australia pioneered this business of uh, weatherproofing your tournament by, first of all, having the Rod Laver Arena, which was way ahead of everybody else in the game. And then, of course, uh, adding Margaret Court and the other uh, stadium with a roof. So we now have three courts that um, we don't worry about what the weather is. The tournament can go on. So effectively, we are weatherproof for the second week of the championship, which is what the big bucks television people want because they don't want to be uh, showing replays of Jimmy Connors and Aaron Crickstein endlessly so they can actually show live tennis. Right, talking about live tennis, we've started off today. We know we've got a number of rock stars. What, the top 128, both men's and women's uh, performing, and especially in week one, we, we get a lot of that. What are the features of today and tonight, Graham? Uh, we've got the two defending champions uh, playing tonight, Caroline Wozniacki uh, against Van Oontbank of Belgium, and Dennis Isterman has the um, unenviable task of taking on Roger Federer. Both of those matches under the lights. Um, significant wins today. Uh, Kevin Anderson, the South African, played that marathon match uh, to get through to the Wimbledon final uh, against John Isner as one in four sets, so he still likes playing long matches. And Maria Sharapova now back in the world's top 30 in uh, women's tennis, moved through to the second round here. Six love, six love, just 63 minutes against Harriet Dart of the UK. Sharapova saying that um, her injured shoulder and troublesome leg weren't perfect, but the scoreline shows me she didn't have too much to worry about out there today. Graham Agar's joining us uh, from the Aussie Open. Before, could, you, we always have problems with the weather over there and intense heat. Is that the same? Have we just gotten tired of that attitude or is it still relevant or the roofs help? Or what's the deal there? No, the weather in Australia generally is hot, um, as you know, but this is Melbourne, so it's not hot for 14 days. 
uh, and it's generally not humid. Uh, the problem with the US Open, and last year's US Open, as we discussed many times, was absolutely brutal, is that you get temperatures uh, in the mid-30s, but you also get accompanying humidity of 80 to 90%, which makes it totally enervating. So the players here can deal with the heat better than they can in New York. And um, the Australian Open this year will have uh, a break for the women, as usual, after two sets if they need it, um, if the conditions are particularly hot. And the men now, for the first time ever, uh, if the conditions warrant it, will be able to have a break after the third set before they come back and play four and presumably five. So um, I think we'll do okay. The forecast initially... Uh, for today and tomorrow was uh, pretty close to 40 degrees, but it's been cut back a little bit to mid-30s. And by the weekend, I'm told, we'll be down in the low 20s with the possibility of rain. All right. That's one thing. What about the big storylines? What are they out of this tournament? What do we look forward to over the next couple of weeks? Anything that piques your imagination or interest, particularly Graham Agars? Well, in the in the men's draw, it's Novak's to win. Novak Djokovic uh, to lose, I should say. He's the overwhelming favourite going in. Uh, he suddenly regained form halfway through last year and blitzed the tournaments that he played in pretty much right through to the end of the year, even though he had a couple of late losses. Uh, Roger Federer, uh, closer to 40 than 30 now, is trying to win his third consecutive Australian Open. said in the interview room the other day that he can't believe that he's actually won the last two. He didn't expect to be able to do that. Uh, and then the other, the other part of the men's draw we're looking at is whether the young guns led by Alexander Zverev can finally step up and uh, end the dominance of, uh, of Djokovic, Nadal and uh, Federer and, to a lesser extent, Andy Murray, who plays later today and may well be playing in his last Australian Open and this may well be his last match here. He's playing Batista Agut, who's a very tough Spanish player and, um, and his hip problems are preventing him from playing the sort of tennis that he wants to play. So why did he not just retire? Why why is he waiting around now that he's absolutely destroyed? What, what's the point in that? There's got to be a theory behind it, Graham. Um, well, he's a fierce competitor, and um, he's he's much younger than uh, Nadal, uh, Federer, and to a lesser extent Djokovic. And he's seeing those guys in, enjoying uh, Indian summers at the end of their careers and still winning big tournaments. And he had hoped that that's the way he will be able to go. But uh, unfortunately, his hip has um, just not come good after numerous efforts to treat it. Uh, and he is now down to the, to the desperate hope that he can somehow play through to Wimbledon and play one more time at the All England Club and then call it quits. But uh, it's coming much earlier than he'd expected, so he's having a lot of trouble mentally dealing with it. Right, back across to the women's side. Do, do you like talking to me because I'm always changing where I'm going and what my angle is because I've got like, uh, look, there's a bird type of attitude. Does that bother you at all, Graham? <laughs> No, no, I've got radio GPS, so I can recalculate any time you want. You mentioned Wozniacki before, uh, trying to defend her title. Of course, you've got the small matter of uh, of Serena Williams uh, attempting to emulate the great Margaret Court, who hasn't had the best of time. In fact, last time Serena was on court, she had the meltdown to uh, Osaka you mentioned before. Wozniacki mm-hmm. can't be in the best state, though, uh, after getting dumped out of the ASB Classic over here only a couple of weeks back. Does that affect her at all, do you think, or no? Uh, well, yes, it does. I mean, you're better off coming into the defence of your first Grand Slam title with some confidence instead of um, bowing out early in, in a warm-up tournament. But um, she is in the bottom half of the draw, so there's no way she can play Serena until the final. The one who's got the problem is Simona Halep, who, of course, fought bravely here through some marathon matches last year before uh, 
running out of gas against Wozniacki in a, in a very lengthy final. But the possibility is that Serena Williams would play Halep in the fourth round, I think it is. And perhaps the winner of that match goes on to reach the final um, and play Wozniacki or somebody else who can move through there. But they're the three big names in the women's draw, and we'll just see whether anybody like uh, the young Australian Ash Barty or somebody can get in the mix during the second week and, and uh, stir things up. But as you said, Serena Williams is on a mission to win her 24th Grand Slam tournament that would equal Margaret Court's all-time record in women's tennis. What better place to do it than here in Australia at the Australian Open? Is there a chance she does it in the arena with Court? No, they won't play the final there, will they? No, but she, she'll probably play a match out there. Um, would be interesting, wouldn't it? But, you know, Serena's good, of course, but she's not quite what she was before... Um, the birth of a daughter and, and all the problems that went with that. And, you know, she's been knocking on the door of picking up the 24th Grand Slam, but, uh, you know, hasn't been able to get across the line. And the most recent miss was, as you said, that disastrous final in New York, which she completely melted down. Oh, come on, it wasn't and, disastrous for Naomi. She thought it was fantastic. God. No, I, I was just about to say, and stole Naomi's moment. In yes, the sun, she did. It, you know, in the spotlight. That, that's what it was disastrous about, because... Naomi, uh, in fact, played a better match. She clearly had the tactics required to beat Serena, which is part of the reason Serena copped the coaching uh, violation. So, you know, Williams has got to try and put that behind her and uh, get back in business. Now, Osaka's the other one I didn't mention. I'd love to see her validate what she did in New York by winning the Australian Open as well. I've got a lot of time for her and I love the way she plays, but... You know, we'll see what happens. But for Serena, you know, she's she's closer to 40 than 30, and it's not going to last forever. So she's really getting increasingly desperate to get that 24th Grand Slam singles title. So many threads, so many storylines, so much fun. And for Graham, so many random questions coming from me over the next couple of weeks. Mr. Agars, looking forward to your continued association with the program. Enjoy the evening session. Thank you, mate. Enjoyed it and uh, look forward to it. Uh, talking to you again tomorrow.